Crom. From the folk art center that that painting was hanging outside of well it was downstairs uh outside of this conference room that's the wild booger uh-huh. and i wrote the artist's name down there i can't remember it um but he's got this other thing like all of his artists are real like that and so today during lunch i was like i was i wasn't clear on what we were doing tonight so i was like what am i gonna talk about and i've I've got in mind, like, when when I was little, my mamaw Belle would always tell me that if I acted up or went outside too late, a booger would get me. Yeah. Have you ever heard of boogers? I've heard mm. you talk about this, yeah. Was that not an Arkansas thing, boogers? No, we didn't talk about boogers, no. Haints? We, that, for sure. And then, like, uh, like grand, my grandpa, who is from Alabama, would talk about wampus cats. As a, as a sling term for right. mountain lions. So, Walpus, Cats, and Haints. Yeah. The two terms that were thrown around. Haints and Boogers. Um, and Boogers were kind of this thing to keep children in line, I think. And to, to make people behave, because otherwise a booger might get you if you're, if you're stepping too far out of line. And I found in one of the Montel, one of the Montel books. Oh, cool. This, this story from McGoffin County which is where my grandma's from. It evidently happened on Howard Branch, which is not far from where my mama and papa lived. And it says, there's something to be seen at the mouth of Howard Branch. I've heard this all my life from my parents, uncles, aunts, and cousins. Everybody always talked about the great hairy thing with the long claws. The story goes that Buddy Arnett, who was a young man at the time, was acting mean and doing things he ought not do. There lived another man known as Old Fady, who lived at the head of Ledmore Branch. Fabi made apple brandy, and there was always a crowd of mean people there causing a ruckus. So Buddy Arnett had started up there, and this thing jumped on him, jumped on his horse, out of nowhere. Imagine you're in the dark of eastern Kentucky. In the fall, the sun's gone down, stars are the only light around, and this thing jumps on your back. You're just trying to get to the bootlegger. And this monster jumps on your back, starts choking you, scratching you, biting you, clawing you. He tried to shoot it with his pistol, but he couldn't hit it. It rode off with him. And he came on to the mouth of Howard Branch and went on about his business. He went to Fabies. He was almost killed that night by people that were there. They didn't believe that he was attacked by this monster, by this booger. Thought he was messing with them. So they beat him up. Someone hit him with a, a club over the head and left him there for dead. He finally recovered well enough to get out of the holler and tell this story. And as long as he lived, he claimed to have seen this thing, but no one could ever tell what it was. Then one night, while riding horseback to a party, uh, everyone who was riding up Howard Branch just gave their horses uh, a whoop, and they hollered as loud as they could to try and scare this thing away, just in case it was there. The person who's telling the story says, My cousin Tom was in the crowd. He took the lead, closed his eyes, 
rode his horse as fast as he could till he was a safe distance away. It's said that when Buddy died, this creature changed, as though it was linked to the meanness that was in his spirit. And now, if you're out on Howard Branch in McGoffin County on a moon, moonless night, you might chance to run across a beautiful woman dressed in white, walking beside you, protecting you, making sure that nothing ever happens to you until you reach your destination. That's a booger story. And I, I also found that booger, the, the etymology of the word booger, is based on the word bogey, right? The uh, bo- okay. bogeyman. Right, right. And so looking into uh, the Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits by Rosemary Ellen Guiley, this is the third edition published in 2007, the entry for bogey says, a type of horrible evil spirit or hobgoblin traveling alone or in groups that love to make mischief. Bogies go by other names. Most commonly are bogeyman, boogeyman, bugaboo, bugbear, uh, boggart, etc. Uh, sometimes they're synonymous with the devil. Um, and the Irish puka, it says, is similar. No matter where it's found, the bogey is usually big, dark in color, typically does its work at night, scares children, and past generations the threat of calling upon bogies was used to frighten children into good behavior. Cool. So the the bogey moved into Kentucky, probably with Daniel Boone, right. and became the booger. And there's a booger on Howard Branch in McGoffin <laughs> County. There's one story I read in the Kentucky Ghost Book that I talked about on the show a couple episodes back. It reminds me of this story that I read here called The Ghost of the Blackberry Patch. It kind of starts out with a booger story, it sounds like. Okay. Where people are warning kids about going into blackberry patches that a booger might get them. It's not described with that word, but it's sort of the same gestalt that you're you're laying out here. Something is there that might get you. If I read this story, is that cool? That's fine. Okay. Please read it. So, uh, it's a tale is told by local people about a crazy man who had escaped from an insane asylum and was believed to live in a cave somewhere deep in the woods. Nobody really believed it, but it was a good story to scare little kids to keep them from wandering into the woods to play. Of course, there were real things to scare them, too. There were thorns that could scratch if the berry pickers were not careful. Jiggers and snakes liked to live in the blackberry patches, so pickers had to watch out for them, too. Common snakes in Kentucky were black snakes, cow snakes, rattlesnakes, and copperheads. Snakes liked to hide among the berries and wait for birds to swoop down to get berries to eat, and then the snakes would strike. Berry pickers needed a keen eye to spot the snakes and not become a snake bite victim. 
still people took a chance to come and pick the berries. They would sell them to people that wanted to make blackberry pie and blackberry jam. It was a common delicious treat. So Maggie Gammon awoke one summer morning and asked her mother if she could go berry picking that day. Maggie had seen a dress in the Sears and Roebuck catalog that she wanted to order. She had been saving up for it and almost had enough money. Honey, I've got to wash today, so I can't go with you. I think you'd better wait. I don't like for you to go alone, her mother told you. But Mama, she protested, Mrs. Pennington is expecting company. She always makes pies when she has company. I know she'll buy my berries from me. It'll be enough for me to buy that dress. Please, please, please. Mrs. Gammon hesitated. She didn't like to send her daughter out alone, but Maggie was always careful, and she was so eager to get that dress. I promise I'll be careful, Maggie said again. All right, said Mrs. Gammon, giving in to her daughter's pleas. Don't go into the woods, though. The dogs keep barking at something in there. I looked, but I couldn't see anything. I'm going to have your father check it out. Do you think they see the crazy man? Joked Maggie. Very funny, laughed Mrs. Gammon. Just get on your way before I change my mind. Eventually, what happens is that the daughter goes out and picks the berries and is murdered by something and disappears. And the mom goes out to try and find her and is attacked by a beast, some sort of animal. And they find her half eaten. And now her ghost is whole but wanders these blackberry patches in mm. eastern Kentucky looking for the daughter, trying to find her, even wow. though they, they never discovered what actually happened to her. you got to watch out in blackberry patches. That's what I understand based yeah. on this. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got one more. Go for it. It's, it's a beast story, too. And it's an old Appalachian story called Taily Poe. Ooh. A long time ago, there was an old man who lived out in the middle of the woods. He must have been 60 years old if he was a day. Nobody knew his real name. Most people called him Old Jake. He had three loyal hunting dogs that kept him company on long, lonely nights out there in the woods. Their names were I Know, You Know, and Calico. <laughs> he lived in an old cabin he built himself way back in the woods. It wasn't very big, just big enough for him and his dogs, but it was big enough. The cabin only had one room in it, and that was his bedroom, his living room, his dining room, and his kitchen, too. At one end of the room, there was a nice big open fireplace where he could cook his supper and warm his bones on cold winter nights. Old Jake loved hunting, fishing, and the great outdoors. He had a little garden where he planted vegetables, and he would go out every day to hunt for rabbits and, and, and to fish. During the warm months, there was more than enough food to go around, but in the colder months, it was hard to keep his belly full. One cold winter night, the old man's stomach was grumbling, but there was nothing to eat in the cupboards but a few moldy potatoes. He stoked the fire in the fireplace to keep the cabin warm, and he went to bed hungry. He was just about to fall asleep when he heard something in the room. He opened his eyes just in time to see a shadow creep across the wall. When he sat up in bed and peered into the darkness, his eyes grew wide in terror. Sitting across the room from him was the weirdest-looking creature he had ever seen. It was short and stubby with pointed ears and bright yellow eyes that seemed to burn with some strange fire. Just like the one we're sitting beside right now. Its body was covered in black fur and it had big sharp claws and a long thick tail. For a moment, Jake just sat there, frozen in fear. He stared at the hideous creature and it stared back at him. Then, quick as a flash, he grabbed his hunting knife and lunged at the thing. It sprang up and scurried out the hole it had clawed into the cabin wall. The thing was fast, but so was Jake. A split second before it escaped, he brought his knife down square and cut its big tail clean off. 
creature let out a horrible screech and disappeared out into the night. Old Jake was standing there with a long, thick tail in one hand and a bloody knife in the other. Jake was about to throw the tail outside when his stomach started rumbling. He was famished with hunger, so he took the tail, cleaned it, cooked it, and ate it for his supper. It tasted a bit strange, but there was a lot of it, and it was very chewy. In fact, it tasted a little bit like chicken. With his stomach full, old Jake plugged up the hole in the cabin wall with some old rags and newspapers. Then he got back into bed and drifted off to sleep. He hadn't been asleep very long before he was wakened by a strange noise. It sounded like something was trying to scratch its way into the cabin. The old man thought if he stayed really quiet, the thing might go away. He could hear it scratch, scratch, scratch. But then a strange voice outside hissed. Tailypo, Tailypo, I want my Tailypo. He thought he must be imagining things, but then he heard it again. Tailypo, Tailypo, I want my Tailypo. Old Jake jumped out of bed, ran to the front door and threw it open. He called out to his dogs, I know, you know, Calico, get over here. Dogs came tearing up to the cabin and ran around, barking and sniffing and snarling, but couldn't find a thing. Jake shrugged his shoulders, figured he was just having a bad dream, and went back to bed. He was about to drift off to sleep again when he heard the noise once more. This time, the scratching sounded like it was at the window. Whatever it was, it really wanted to get in. But the scratching seemed to be on two walls at one time. Then he heard the strange voice again, and this time it hissed a little louder. Taily po Taily po Where is my Taily po Old Jake, who was not one to frighten easily, was getting a little bit shaky. This was getting really weird. So he eased to the window and called, I know, you know. Come to Cocalico. Come on over here and see what's scratching at my window. Three dogs bounded up to the porch and they sniffed around and barked, barked and sniffed, but no sign of anything at all. Jake decided to stay up for the rest of the night to protect himself, his dogs, and his little cabin. So he pulled a chair next to the fireplace, grabbed a blanket from his bed, and settled in for the rest of the wind-chilled, wintry night. Sleep soon overtook him, and once again he dozed off. It was almost dawn when Jake woke with a start. The sound of scratching seemed to reverberate from every area of the cabin. Jake searched frantically for his axe, his rifle, or something to defend himself with, but he was so frightened he couldn't find anything. The scratching grew louder and louder and louder. Taily po Taily po Give me back my Taily po Jake yelled back, Leave me alone, I ain't got your Taily po then he called his dogs, but this time the dogs didn't come. He waited and waited, but not one dog came running up. Jake had never been so scared in his life. He ran to his bed and jumped in, pulled the covers over his head. The scratching and the voice grew louder and louder. Taily po, taily po, give me back my taily po. Jake yelled back as loud as he could, I ain't got no taily po, so why don't you leave me alone and go on back about your business? I ain't never hurt nobody or nothing. Just leave me alone. 
The scratching seemed to be inside the house now, and the voice was so loud it was deafening. Taily Poe! Taily Poe! You took my Taily Poe! Now I'm back to get it! Give it back now! Jake pulled the cover up over his head and stayed as quiet as he could, but the scratching was now in his room. Taily Poe! Taily Poe! You better give me back my Taily Poe! Jake then felt the thing scratching up the bottom of the bed and onto the cover. Jake eased the cover down to see what was steadily approaching, and he saw it. A short, stubby creature with pointed ears, fat feet, and long claws with bloodshot, red eyes that glowed in the dark. Eyes that seemed to burn straight through Jake. Before he could pull the cover over his head again, the thing pounced onto his chest, looked straight down at him, and said, You got my taily poe! Give it back! Now! Jake yelled, I ate it! I ate your taily poe! It's gone! And the thing started to scratch and claw and tear away at old Jake, trying to get that taily poe back. Jake tried to fight back, but the thing was too strong and those claws were too sharp. Jake's screams echoed down the dark mountains, then stopped, leaving a chilling silence. After a month or two without hearing from old Jake, the townspeople got worried and came looking for him. They hiked up the mountain and through the woods, but when they reached his cabin, they found it to be torn to shreds. There was no sign of Jake or the dogs. They searched the woods and called out to them, Jake, I know, you know, Calico, but there was no answer. Old Jake and his dogs were never seen again. But the townspeople say that if you're alone out there on that mountain at night, in those dark woods, and you listen carefully, you can hear a strange voice calling on the wind. Taily Po, Taily Po, now I've got my Taily Po.